0: Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. Before we begin, I would love to give a shout out to Infrared Crypto. Um, y'all are wondering who's that? And I should have done or given him a shout out all this time. He's the guy responsible for the music that you've been hearing on this podcast. He has an album out. And as someone who loves to recognize great talent and people who've been supporting this podcast for a long time, I urge you all listeners to go check out his podcast on all, oh, sorry, his album on all um, platforms. He's everywhere. And show this brother some love. His album is titled Infrared. So just like his name, Infrared Crypto. Um, it's infrared dash crypto, if you want to spell it out. His album is titled Infrared. So awesome brother. Check him out and also I would love to give a shout out to the listeners on good pods um HQ that's the the app for uh the podcast platform uh, it's um we, i got an email from good pods this week that said um white label american was number 7 in the top 100 mm. indie places and travel chart number 15 in the places and travel, um, top 100 places and travel chat. And number 32 in the Indie Personal Journals chat. So thank you all, listening out there. You know, stuff like this make me feel good. You know, and when I feel good, you all feel good. So if you want to make me feel even better, send some money. Donate. And then, you know, and you want to make me feel even better, join on Patreon. Add my money. You know, we accept dollars, pounds, sterling, uh, euros. Uh, if you try to give Naira, I don't know how i feel about that, but um, we'll still accept it. Just convert it, you know. And if you try to give Bitcoins, uh, we'll still accept it. Just make sure, just convert it to dollars. Come on, do the easy thing for me, man. I don't want you all making me. You know, all I'm saying is thank you anyway. So thank you all. Um, if you can't give money right now, I understand. Just give us five stars. Write an awesome review on Apple Podcasts, um, Good Pods, Spotify, all the good places, you know. Go out there. Keep the love coming in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Share with your friends. So, with that being said, I am honored to have one of the best voices in podcasting in the studio today. This brother, the very first time I heard his voice, I was like, ooh-wee! I don't know if you've seen that uh, TI trying um, um, stand-up comedy. That's what TI what said when he was bombing. I don't know why that came out in my head, but whatever. <laughs> but anyway, staying on track. I had this brother's voice, and I was like, man, this guy is made for radio. Does he have a radio show or what? And I found out he's, he's a podcasting coach. He's a live stream expert. He's an executive coach. He's a retail leader. And I was like, man, I got to find a way to bring this guy on the show one day. And he hit me up that he's coming to New York. I was like, oh, man, play, play Drake. Play Drake in the background, somebody. No, I don't have money for Drake right now, so we can't do that. But anyway, with without saying too much, welcome on the show, Steve Wardy.
1: Man, I'm so excited to be here, man. I'm so excited. We've been trying to do this for a little while and uh, you know, I think this time I was like, I was like, Oh, I gotta I, I gotta connect with him, man. I gotta get up here. I gotta get I gotta get on the show. I've been I've been following you ever since we connected. And uh, listening to all of your stuff, and um, fell you. in love with the show. Thank you. Fell in love <laughs> with your energy, and um, I'm excited to be here.
0: Hey, you know, it's all mine, and uh, I, I love your live, uh, your, your your live broadcast, your live streaming. And hey, I've learned a lot. Even Josh now says that I I seem to have overtaken him when it comes to podcast news. And I'm like, hey, it's all from you, <laughs> it's all from you. So, Josh, if, if if you're looking for the person responsible, that's this guy here. It's it's Steve. <laughs> i got you i got you josh i got you josh whatever you need <laughs> so let's dive let, let's start with the very beginning mm-hmm. so um you got a beautiful you got beautiful names mm-hmm. along with a beautiful voice but let's let's stick to the names for now so what are the meaning of your names and is there a story behind your names What for the, for the podcast no your or names. my name yeah
1: yeah so so steve so steve means crown one and um and my mom actually looked at you know one of her friends who were who were in the neighborhood, and their son was named Steve, and she really just liked his character, liked everything he was about. I'm the youngest of seven, and so it was I was like that oops baby that kind of <laughs> came out. It was like my sister is as uh, Terry, who's four years older than me. And then it was then it was Steve. Um, wow. and so she was like, "Oh, okay." And then she looked. She actually looked up the name. She did. She, it's interesting. You, you asked me that. She actually looked up the name. And so such so Crown One, okay. and it just fit. You know, everybody calls me Stevie though. Yeah. Like all my family, right. everybody's like, <laughs> "I'm a grown man," but everybody calls me. I go home, and everybody calls me Stevie, mm. and I actually love it. Um, my girls didn't like it initially. Like, you're a grown man. Why did they call you Stevie? Like, it's that's that's yeah, family. So. Yeah. So, yeah. And then worthy. <clears> the <throat> last name worthy is just it's it's kind of speaks for itself a little bit. You know, there's not a lot of us mm-hmm. either. Right. So it's it's a fairly close knit group of of family. My my uh, my parents are originally um, from um, South Carolina and then they moved up here like in the 50s up in New York to in the in the 50s when jobs and everything were kind of scarce down south and they moved up here yeah. um, my brother stands the oldest and so you know and uh you know we have uh well all of us we have just very kind of um not unique names very all, all of us stanley stephanie kathy jody judy terry and then and then stevie so wow. yeah
0: beautiful so uh you've already alluded to this answer but just give us the full uh, place of birth and what childhood was like for you.
1: Yeah, man. So, New York is home. And, you know, then I moved to Buffalo for a little while, uh, for the most part, uh, after I was around 11 o'clock, that, uh, 11 o'clock, 11, 11 years, 12 years old. So, finished up the majority of my youth in, in Buffalo, New York, and from Buffalo, ended up going into the Air Force. Oh. Went to the Air Force for four years mm-hmm. and enjoyed that. Got me undergrad in accounting. Hated it.
0: <laughs>
1: couldn't stand accounting.
0: Okay, you're going too far. Let, let's oh, we, my back. Go stay ahead. in the childhood first. Let's, first start, let's go for it. You say Air Force. I, I need to now ask you about golf. Now you mentioned Air Force. Oh but yeah, but man. We, we, before we get to all that, yes, let's still stick to childhood. So when you say um, New York City, yeah, where you um, was that Manhattan? Yeah, or? Manhattan, Upper West okay, Side. So yeah. Upper West Side.
1: Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah.
0: So. Um, where do you consider your favorite childhood memory? To,
1: to oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, um, one of my favorite childhood memories is when I was a kid, even when it rained, yeah. even when it rained, I could still go outside and play. Mm. And we used to, of course, we, you know, when it was nice outside, we played skellies and all of that. But I remember um, we lived on a hill and we would paint popsicle sticks like different colors Mm -hmm. you know yankees mets or whatever and we would actually while it was raining yeah while it was raining and we would race the popsicle sticks down the side of the curb and we would put rocks and all these different things in in its way and made like this almost like white water rafting type Mm -hmm. of thing but we just used popsicle sticks that we had inside the house and we would just paint them up and we would just go outside and we, just tons of us yeah tons of us doing it so you know i think about you know kids nowadays like they they don't want to go outside we, when it was raining i mean it's pouring down rainy yeah we were out there actually still just having fun so yeah that's that's um that's one of the memories that i just think about like um it always it always sticks to me uh, sticks with me anytime i think about like a a fun time it was it was that it was doing stuff like that wow
0: that's, that's beautiful. You know, uh, I don't think you're the first guest on this podcast to share memory re- related to rain mm. and yeah, being outside, most guests tend to pick a memory that relates to playing outside. Mm-hmm. And I think most, most of the majority of the guests have been from our generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what continent they are born in. They always pick. Memory from playing outside, you know. And um, but I when when you describe that game you guys played with the popsicle and with the colors racing, I don't know. It's I don't think I had something directly similar to that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's ringing like something I've seen mm. somewhere as a kid. Like we may not have called it popsicle, right? But it sounds mighty familiar i may have taken partaken in it when i visited another city and mm-hmm. got to play with kids who maybe that was the old, I only stayed in that city once i only visited that city one time right so i just well, what are these kids doing and i don't know but you play with them one time and you never visit that city again so yeah you completely forget about that <laughs> and then it's like oh yeah I, I may have done something like that but you, you just completely forget about it until somebody Jogs your memory. And your uh, memory. 100%. Wow. And, you, yeah. and it and it just
1: progressed over time. Uh-huh. Like, it was like, it's all just like when everything, like with kids, you, you start out just like with sticks, yeah. right? And so we would just use sticks, and everybody had like a different color st- little tiny stick, and then you put it mm-hmm. in there, just like, ooh. And then it evolved into popsicle sticks because then they were more streamlined and then next thing you know we were shaving down the popsicle sticks to make them like more aerodynamic I mean it was (laughs) you know so it just it just completely evolved into something completely
0: different Wow, but that also speaks to the creativity in kids and you know I have a question on creativity later Mm -hmm, on but mm -hmm. I think it just shows that you've always been creative from from a long time you know for, for a long time like you know colors mm. you know, utilizing water and trying to d- direct you know create it's creating art mm. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know but we don't see stuff like that And that, that's one reason why you know I don't, I don't even remember how, what made me start asking the favorite childhood memory question yeah. but it was the very first <coughs> person who I asked When he answered the question, I realized that he was literally describing what he was doing as a child Mm. for fun. He was describing an interest that was tied to what he's doing right now. And I was like, oh, it wasn't intended. It's just, I just popped like, oh, this is a good question (laughs) that I should ask. And I just, and since then I was like, yeah, I'm just going to keep this question and start asking everybody. And he just... I always pick something new from everybody and it's like wow now, that's a
1: great question because yeah, so. you, you you realize that part of your childhood i think the thing that we we want to do i think um that brings out the best of the best in us is almost childlike mm-hmm. it's you know there we don't have to think about it yeah we don't have to you know manufacture it it just kind of comes out of of who you are and so just just being a kid, that's exactly what happens. You just start to create. And then as an adult, sometimes
0: we lose that creativity yeah. because we start to force everything, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, we, we become so rigid and in the name of structure, we, we feel like we have to throw away all the imagination and you know anything that's creative. Like, no, there must be structure. So cut, throw it all out, throw it all out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like that. Um, one thing my, my missus did not long ago, uh, the first time she did it, I, I I, I tried to fight it. And then later on, I was like, ah, I'm not even going to fight it. It was raining. It wasn't like a down, huge downpour. But it was raining. And my kid wanted to go to the playground. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, it's raining now. I'm not going. I'm not, go- I'm not taking you. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like going out in the rain. And her mom was like, Go, oh, I'm done with work. I'll take you. Yeah. And they went out in the rain. And I was like, you're not worried about being wet and all that? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> and she, she came back with like, oh, Papa had a great time. I had a great time. There were not many kids at the playground, but I had a great exactly. time. Exactly. And, you know, when you talked about, you know, when you mentioned, you know, kids being out in the playground, like now kids don't, playing um in the rain anymore i was like yeah you know it's the parents who don't allow the kids to play in the rain mm-hmm. it's not like the, the kids will decide we're not going to play in the rain it's the parents who kind of say it's not safe and I, i've been that parent <laughs> i've been that parent i can't you know say oh yeah we don't allow the kids not playing the rain anymore because we, we set the example 100 percent. so if I didn't have you know my my Mrs from she's from Germany so mm-hmm. they have that uh um oh, I've forgotten the German phrase for it but uh um, it's kind of a free it looks like it feels like a free spirit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sometimes when it comes to raising kids so sometimes like yeah let the kid just run yeah yeah they have their eyes on the kid but it's not like you have to like Watch the kids 247. Yeah, let me explore. Like, let them explore. When, when you see their playgrounds, it's mostly wooden mm-hmm. um, slides and all that. It's like, yeah, it's okay for kids to have splinters and all that, but they learn. But, you know, and like when an American comes like, oh, it's wood. It's made of wood. It's made with, you have to check every, inspect everything, feel it like, oh, exactly. you know, Why is it not made with plastic? Why is it not made of metal? And know that, and the gym like, "Oh, you see them chilling in the corner, the playgrounds over there. Like, the kids will fall. Yeah, and are you okay? Okay, all right. Oh yeah, you'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> no,
1: yeah. No, nowadays it's like the kid falls, and it's like you start running. Yeah, you. The, know. the parents are running over, to the kids, and it, you're just
0: like, Did the world end? Is it <clears throat> yeah. over? It's over? Let's go home. Yeah, no, let's start going home. It's, no, 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 no. The kid fell. It's all right. Like you, like, you fall down with like. But the more you grow older, the older you get. Yeah, you're going to fall. You have to learn how to pick yourself up. It's yeah. part of life and all that. And it's when I'm in Germany and I'm watching them in the playground, I'm like, oh, I remember watching a, a video on YouTube, on Google videos about an American parent who first time she went to Germany and she was married to, uh, to a German. And she was like, yeah, they knew I, they, everybody knew I was American because I went to the playground. And I was the only person running after my kid every two minutes. <laughs> like, oh, 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 oh. And all the Germans were like, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Are, yeah. you all right? well you need help right she's like why aren't you freaking out about the kids they're like they're children they're they're, they're, they're supposed to be children right they do there's mud jump in the mud yeah but there's bacteria well you had bacteria too when you were a kid right right uh um yeah yeah i did yeah yeah i did when you look in finland there are daycares they, if it's snowing they take the kids out in their underwear and make them roll in the mm-hmm. snow and all that and the first time i posted the video this was even before i became a parent i just saw the video and I, was, I thought it was exciting and i posted it. Like, are they crazy <laughs> yeah. what is wrong with these people they're crazy why are you put the kids through this and i was like but did they die no they didn't so no, but well, why are they doing this? Why are they making the kids suffer? That's it I said, they're not suffering.
1: that's I read a book um a while ago, um, Essentialism by Greg McEwen. I think mm. he's I think he's a British guy, and he in the book, of course, he talks about how to just cut things away mm-hmm. out of your life and you can just focus in on the essentials. But one of the things he actually talks about is play. Yeah, you know, as an adult, like what does that look like for you to play? You know, it's it's completely different than what it was when you were a kid. But as an adult, now we've we put so many constraints on this idea of play and now we actually have to kinda of reconstruct it or redefine it and what it what it what it really means. And then taking the time out from when you're working to actually play. Go for it. Oh Corey's downstairs. Okay. Yeah. And and just um being able to you learn how to do things differently as an adult, and take that time so you can play, like not not think about anything. Maybe it's a video game. Maybe it's something that you just kind of turn. Uh, you're able to turn, you know, turn turn something off and just do do something that doesn't even uh, involve like you thinking. But that's p- so important as an adult, that we still carve out that time for play, that we don't really do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And we just think that we always have to be heads down and we can just figure out how to carve out that time
0: for play. I agree. I agree. So there are times when I'm like, oh, I'm I'm working on the deadline. And my kid just runs up to me, Papa, I need you to come to the playground with me or I need you to come to the park with me. And I'm like, I'm busy. No, 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 no. Just no, I'm busy. You know. And she repeats it like three times. And on the third time, I'm like, you know what? Man, the sun is hot. Though. Why? Why you gotta pick the on the day when it's like so hot? I've walked in enough hot suns in Nigeria. I've walked in hot suns in the Middle East. But all right, let's go. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just gonna go with her. That's it. And we, we, we go. We're going. And and we're going and we just walk out and that's it. I just, I'm going with her and nothing beats. And at the end of the day, nothing beats when we get, we come back and she runs into my arm and says, I had so much fun with you right. and with mama. Or sometimes it's just me alone and I had so much fun with you and I hope we do it again. And I said, okay. I'm like, I don't know how old you are, but. Mm-hmm. You, you know, Thought you are supposed to be three years old but sometimes <laughs> you're 30 but, hey, I'm here, I feel right. old but at the same time I do feel good inside when she says that though because I know she's not gonna repeat that age anymore no you know so it's a moment I won't have back so it's 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 great and I have friends who um they 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 they, they they've messaged me they've, we talk every once in a while and they, they say stuff like man i wish i could spend time with my daughter or mm, my kids mm. like that and i understand you know it's not this life's not the same for everybody and i say yeah there's stuff which i never planned i never thought that i'll be when i would go for my volunteer um every saturday that my daughter would love to come with me right right and now she that's like a part of saturdays yeah you know she doesn't want to go to the playground she wants to come with me to the volunteer uh garden and she now has her garden bag with her gloves and everything you know she only spends like 20 minutes tilling her plants and then she's like
1: yeah out of here. they want to be part they want to yeah. be part of what you're doing mm-hmm. Right. and i think the tendency sometimes that we don't think that they do because they think that you know we think oh i'm just i'm i'm, I'm just kind of in this world but the kids, they want to know. They want to know. That's they true. Wanna, they I mean, it's not no always
0: about throwing toys at them, <clears throat> you know, because you can just draw the video games and all that. And okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. Get out of my face, and yeah. you got what you want. You are happy, right? All right, and no, it's uh, it, it's more than that. So yeah, hundred percent. It, it's it, it's beautiful, and I I love that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad that I'm at where I do realize that those moments count mm-hmm. and I'm able to um yeah sometimes I do miss I do miss out on some of those opportunities to spend time with my little ones like that and even my partner but I'm glad that most times I recognize uh the opportunities to to grab those moments Yeah, man. so Absolutely. Yeah. So I hope for everyone listening yeah you're able to grab those opportunities so um back to your story um and talking about stories, yes, that would be the next question. Um uh, before we'll come to the Air Force, <laughs> what was the what do you what, what do you consider the first memorable story that you ever heard in your life?
1: Uh relative to just me or or something that took place in my life?
0: Hmm. I say yeah, relative yeah. to you that will have an impact. In that, yeah, that had an that has an impact in the person that you are. Today. Oh, oh, uh,
1: well, I I got I got to talk about uh, <clears throat> the actually the Air Force, um, what what actually took place. It's like right at the beginning of my Air Force career, and it was something that, you know, I've always been picked for different leadership roles mm-hmm. when I was in from young age through high school or whatever, and I just. You know, a lot of times I shied away from them. I just didn't want the responsibility. And so when I came into the Air Force, they made me squad leader. And uh, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And uh, I was going to be in charge over 20, 20 guys. And it was 60 of us total. But I was going to be in charge over like 20 guys. And I, I didn't want to do it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not being responsible. I I really now I know I, I shied away from the responsibility, mm-hmm. and so I didn't want to do it. We were I still had a little bebop, you know, in my walk. I didn't have a march, and so we were coming back from our clothing issue, and you know we're marching. I got a little bebop, and the TI training instructor is like, "Worthy, worthy, stop, stop that bebopping." I'm like, "Whatever, man. I don't want to do this anyway." And um, you know, and I'm still bebopping a little bit, and we get to like the next corner, and he's like, "Worthy, I'm telling you this right now. Like, if you do this again, you're not going to be squad leader." <sighs> That's all he had to tell me. Man, I had my backpack on. All right, man, I'm I'm going crazy with the with the. I'm not I'm not even marching. I'm like I am just not marching at all. And so we get back to the squadron. You know, he he kicked me to the back. Yeah, And we get back to the squadron, and he's a Worthy, come here. Big dude, big dude, big dude. And he said, Worthy, I'm just going to tell you this right now. Leadership will always find you out.
0: Mm.
1: And I'm like, whatever. What does, the hell, what does that mean? What does that mean? I'm 18 years old. What does that mean? He said, okay, you think you got away with getting out of being a squad leader, but now I'm going to make you what they call a latrine queen. <laughs> so now... I have <laughs> I have responsibility ah. for the cleanliness level of yeah. the entire bathroom mm-hmm. for 60 dudes that were from 17 no, yeah, 17 years old to 27 years old in yeah. Lackland Air Force Base oh, in man. Texas mm-hmm. in the summer of 88 mm-hmm. hot as hell mm-hmm. and but now that's my responsibility and he said you know you, you think you got out of it And that moment has stuck with me for the rest of my life because one of the things I realized is that when you're called to lead, you need to lead. Mm. There's something that people see inside of you that you don't see in yourself. And the tendency a lot of times is for us to shy away from those responsibilities. And so that set me up for every other leadership responsibility and role that I've ever actually had in my life that I just, I started looking for those opportunities after that. And so it just kind of, helped me um, kind of propel to, to where I'm at today with, with my ideas about leadership and
0: concepts and things like that. Oh, I love that. Man, wow. It's, it's amazing that you, you chose to share that because in a way, it ties into my, my time in the Navy. Mm-hmm. So I, I also was a guy who never saw himself as a leader never expected to lead anybody but looking back in my life mm. uh it, the same thing too leadership did find me mm-hmm. even though I didn't expect it to so like right back in Nigeria there were uh I helped my aunt start a business on events uh events planning and um yeah events um what's it called events planning and management mm-hmm. business something like that and I was in charge of the team that set up um, the the party planning team, gazebos and chairs, tables. Um, I was in charge of paying the staff. I never got paid. (laughs) But you handled the money? And the only day I figured out how to ask for my paycheck, I got fired because I worked for my aunt. Um, Before that, I'd worked for my elder sister, you know, handled negotiations purchasing and a whole bunch of stuff, but all those languages I never knew existed. So you just thought you were running errands mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's family. I had done some stuff for my uncle. I had done stuff for other people, but I never realized that all, in all these things I've been doing, that people were always handing out responsibilities to me. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it never seemed like it was responsibility. So even when I was staying with my aunt, whose husband was in the government at state level, and... um. Yeah, they had, he he had access to state the state treasury, so they had money, and I, I wasn't getting paid. I was that's the person who I was running her business for, and sometimes she would give me like um, close to almost back based on currency exchange. Then it was close to five to ten thousand dollars. She didn't realize how much she was. I think she was high or drunk. I don't know, but <laughs> sometimes she would give me like let's say she would give me about five thousand dollars. Gold deposit in the bank. And I'll get to the bank, you know, because they knew I was coming from this person. They would take me to the back room, count the cash in front of me, and they will be like, uh, how much did you say you brought the <laughs> I'll tell them, oh, after, uh, it's $5,000. Oh, it's actually $6,000. It's here. Mm. they'll count it. I say count it again, and I'll look. The machine reads mm-hmm. in front of me. I'll be like, oh. And I'll take the phone and call. I haven't been paid, by the way. I'll right. call, and they'll say, I'll call her, and like, how much did you give me? She would tell me 5000 I could have easily taken my 1000 put it in my pocket, and bounced. Right. But I was so loyal to family that I would be like, okay, put everything in her account. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I never still got rewarded. So with that mindset, when I will arrive in the States, join the Navy, when they started noticing who was who in my division, when the, the, at first my instructors, they would I started noticing that it seemed like they wanted to push me for one of the higher um, petty officers in in the division. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was smart, and I volunteered for oh, um, what you call it the, the latrine volunteer. Yeah, so I, I I I was the guy who said, yeah, make make me the don't the, volunteer. The, the head PO. You, oh, so I became the assistant head PO. Yeah, because I didn't want to be the head. Yeah, I went for the assistant. So the the guy who I was the assistant to, he was the first guy to get asmode, which is uh, demoted uh-huh. out of our our division because he tried to flirt with a girl, and um, in a okay. in a very teenage way, yeah. That was, uh, that was that was very very teenagey, and so automatically I got promoted to the responsibility that I was trying to. I thought I could avoid by being an assistant, you know. Yeah. And now and I end up being the head. And the way I still avoided being recognized, I still avoided being recognized because when it came to the end of the year, uh, our, our term, and they were taking photos and giving people pins, mm-hmm. I refused to step up. Mm. And why is that? Why, why, did, why did you? Refuse? It was just that mindset of, oh, I don't want recognition, that kind of thing. Mm. So the guy who got demoted, when you see our, um, what's the book called? That's like our yearbook. Mm mm-hmm, Mm hmm in mine is the guy who got demoted that appears in my spot oh wow yeah because i was just thinking that they automatically have my photo there yeah and it was after that i was getting mad and i was like "But you never stepped up for your photo to be taken as the head of the p of the of the 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 the, 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 we call it head po so head petty officer As the the guy in charge of cleaning the bathrooms, but I was in charge of the team. I got, I woke them up, get 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 to job, get to work, get to work. Do you
1: regret not stepping up?
0: Uh, It would take years for me to actually say I I I regret it because I I I knew I did a good job and all that, but just to officially say I was responsible, I never did. So I will arrive in the fleet, avoid every responsibility Mm -hmm. again, like taking ownership, and then you know, oh, nobody handed over any title to me, so that's fine. Then I arrived through my job training. Then I arrived in the fleet officially. Within two months, I'm made supervisor Mm. of my shop. I'm like, oh, here we go again. They found leadership, found me. Mm. Mm -hmm. I get awards. And still, I was looking for a way to shy out of it.
1: You
0: know, because Mm -hmm. it it just seemed like I never saw myself as a leader Mm -hmm. without realizing that, yeah, leadership will always find you. Yeah. It will always find you. People people outside saw me mm-hmm. and they saw something in me that said, Yes, you're capable of this. We right. we believe you can handle it. But I was the person who was looked in the mirror and nah, No, nah, Right. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Nah. And until I would get out of the Navy mm-hmm. and then I would start, you know, when I was talking I went to a network event in uh, yeah, in, in um downtown one one um pre pandemic, I was at a network event for veterans and there was a guy i met from pwc and he was like what are you doing in the navy and i was just listening up he was like wow mm. w- were, you, were you a chief were you an e6 i don't yeah. know like, i was just uh i was an e4 right he was like you did all that was that your responsibilities yeah what what whoa and he he was like send me we need we need to have lunch we need to connect we need to connect yeah. and yeah, I was like, why are you so excited to talk to me? <laughs> what? I, I did nothing. Yeah, <laughs> well, me, I did didn't. nothing. Well, I
1: think the one thing that I've learned over my leadership career is that, and I think I'm trying to help a lot of people with this, is that we get leadership almost twisted. Mm-hmm. In the context that we feel that we are leading people. Yeah. We are. However, people have to choose to be led. Mm. Right? So they have to buy into you. Yeah for them to allow you to be led and I think that's when you, if you if we start to think about it in that context it's a different perspective of leadership and the responsibility level that you take on and I think I I've I looked at it that way where that man, these people are actually or a team or whoever was business podcasters or whatever mm-hmm. they are choosing to be led by me they yeah. can go somewhere else they can they can, you know, go to another company, they can do whatever, they go to another coach, but they are choosing me. And so when you start to think about it in that context, there's a lot more some measure of responsibility associated with what you should be doing and mm. what you should be giving. You know, right? we just want the we just want the title, right? But we but we there's a, as a leader, you have to give something yeah. to the people that are following you.
0: I, I think in my case I, I understood that I had to give something. But sometimes it just felt like I was giving a lot, and then it just felt like I was giving so much, and then I started feeling empty.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: So while stationed in Bahrain, mm-hmm. I realized that you know the Filipino community, both in the military and out in the private sector, they were well connected. They had like a community. They knew each other. Ethiopians had a community, Mm -hmm. but even before I arrived in Bahrain, that's when I started to notice it, that just from hi, hello, a bunch of um, African sailors just started gravitating towards me, Mm -hmm. no matter what rank they Mm -hmm. were, Mm -hmm. how long they have been in the Navy. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it was my room. They were coming to hang out. Oh, want to watch the African Cup of Nations? We're going to meet Raf. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was like, why, why are you always coming to me?
1: You sure they weren't watching the Premier League?
0: No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. They're, they're oh. Already began to I, I thought they were watching the Premier League. <laughs> I
1: know that's a question. On, I know that's a question. That we we'll will be, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be talking about football
0: and not American football. I know. <laughs> so, but it was it was like I was a glue. Like there there was uh, even got to a stage that uh, the Nigerians and Ghanians organized a match in, at uh, Norfolk. I wasn't aware that the, the, the both uh community both communities existed there mm-hmm. and my boy both of- I got a phone call from two dudes one one Ghanaian one Nigerian I are like hey man what are you doing mm-hmm. I was like I'm free on what are you doing Saturday at this time I'm free yeah yeah can, can you come down here go, for what uh Ghana and Nigeria is playing so, you know, there's no friendly match between both countries oh no 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 we, we mean Nigerians <laughs> and Ghanaians who live in Norfolk, they'll be playing each
1: other.
0: Nice. Can you come? Nice. Come play for the Ghanaians. Like, I'm not that good. I don't think you want me on your team. Nigerians will call me, can't play on for, I'm like, what? <laughs> so I showed up. Both teams, they organized a game. There was no referee. They didn't, they bothered didn't bother to get a referee. No. So while they were fighting over who's going to be the referee, if um, a dude who looks Filipino was walking by, they they just called the dude. Hey man, you, you want to be a, be a ref? He said, oh, okay. And one guy just looked at me and asked him, have you ever watched soccer in your life? Yeah. No. Get out here. <laughs> <laughs> so while they start fighting again, I was like, okay, I have family from both countries. Can I be the ref? <laughs> and they were like, uh, you sure? I said, yeah. They went with the Ghanaian I was like, hey, I spoke to his mom. His mom speaks three. <laughs> You know, I was like, yeah, 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 he, he, I know. And the Nigerians, okay, both sides vouch for me. All right, all right, be the ref. <laughs> so I got to be the ref. By the end of the game, both sides are trying to fight me, obviously. But of the fact that they agreed for me to hold the whistle, yeah, that was also a mark of respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That people who were older than me agreed to abide by my decisions. Right, right. So when I arrived in Bahrain, and I will meet the guy who was... Um, Back then, the, the chief um, security officer to the admiral in charge of the whole Middle East region, mm. he was born in Togo, born and raised in Togo. And he would invite me to lunch at his place. And I was like, do you know and another guy who was born in Togo? I, I met another guy from Togo on the base. He said, uh, nah, I've been here for four years. There's no other Togolese here. Oh. I was like, dude, I've been here for like two months. I met three guys from Togo. <laughs> He's like, how how you, how you know them? I was like, they all said hi to me and they gave me their numbers. They're like, who are you? <laughs> I've been here, I know everybody here on this base. I'm yeah, like, you yeah, sure? Yeah, yeah, like, not, you know the South Sudanese really. guy? He's like, no, I've not met anybody from South Sudan. I'm like, how the hell? He's like, who? Oh, I need to know you. Yeah. Come, 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 come to lunch, come to lunch. So I came to lunch, I brought the Togolese guy, I brought the Nigerian, and he's like, you know what? We need to do something that can make this bigger. Raf, mm-hmm. you should be in charge of organizing this because, like, all the Africans talk to you. There you go. I you was gotta, like, uh, you I'm, I'm put the another, lowest ranked.
1: You got to put it in another spot. I
0: was like, I'm the lowest ranked person here. I don't have money, so mm-hmm. why should I be in charge of? He's like, no, 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 no. Everybody said, everybody was like, man, you, you, you're the boss. Yeah. We, whatever you decide, we'll, we'll, how much you need, just let us know. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, give me three weeks. Yeah, and they gave me a venue and everything. I was like, I'm a logistics guy. I can make it happen. Right. So that's how the African network was created. Yeah, and. Before you knew it, there were clubs in Bahrain calling me. All of a sudden, clubs in Bahrain got my number. Like, uh, hey man, we're losing money on the day you guys have your, was, you call it your African meeting. Right. But people are not coming to clubs in Bahrain anymore when you people are meeting. So, because we had DJs. Mm hmm. So they were like, uh, we'll give you our place. Come, come have your meetings at our place. Right, right. Just bring your Africans yeah just bring me just bring bring all just, the africans because yeah. now i'm bringing all the africans on the military because people I'm working on base but my phone will ring because if i'm at work i can't bring my cell phone into it's a secured building right. so after work i'll have a bunch of phone calls hi i'm from uh, somalia they said i should call you they say you're the person I want, I want to meet other somalians i'm like i'm not from somalia like, but i was just getting called. i don't African understand but you know, that's it, that's if, you. You, if you had met the the rafael at that time you know one word he never knew he never knew the word networking. Mm. He didn't know that word. Right. This was 20, 2011. He never knew the word networking. Yeah. He didn't know what net network was. He didn't know what the com- he didn't even understand the word community. Mm. So I didn't, but I just felt like we didn't really talk to each other. Why don't an Egyptian talk to an Ethiopian, even though they are right next to each other? I'm like, so, yeah. I want to see all of you talk to each other. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: And they all commit me. So by the time I was leaving, mm-hmm. When I was living in Bahrain, the, the last party they held, a Cameroonian came to me and was crying, a grown man, he was crying and he hugged me and was like, Bro, because of you, I met people from other African countries that I've never met before in my life, I've never danced with a brother from Kenya, I've never danced with a sister from Uganda, I've never danced with people from Ethiopia, yeah, South Africa, There you go. because of you. But you know that the moment you step <clears throat> out of this venue, we'll never do it again. Yeah, man. I said, why? People can do it. You, you enjoyed it, right? He said, "Yeah, but you know, you're the only person who made us come here together. Once you leave, we won't never do it again." Oh man! And true, to what? As soon as I left, they stopped. Oh man, they that's not good. Even the Nigerians, they don't talk to. They only talk to me. <laughs> they don't talk. To, they yeah. don't talk to each other. They only talk yeah, to me, yeah, and I'm I'm, yeah. st- I'm still baffled by it. I was so, uh, but now I look back at it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I know things I would change if I had to go back and change right. it. Right, because right. Because then I still never addressed myself as the leader mm-hmm. of the community. I was just like, nah, I'm just in the shadows. I'd like to be in the shadows. But everybody mm-hmm. had my number. Everybody yeah. would reach out. Because
1: then to you would have probably set something yeah. up that when you left that they it could have continued. Right. Yes. Now, now it, it, the hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, I think the tendency sometimes in leadership we don't realize that part of our job is to leave a situation better than, yes. than when we found it. Yes. And also allow it to perpetuate.
0: Mm. So
1: you gotta you gotta put those things in place, man. Yeah. 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 Still
0: so we shall take a quick break and when we come back we shall jump forward a little bit and we shall um, come closer to content creating and some other great stuff that i have um, waiting to ask about so stay with us hi everyone we've made it two years and who would have thought so so let's go for that and make it three make it four make it five make it six who knows 20. <laughs> but we can't do this without your support so join us on patreon at patreon.com slash white label american pod or linktree.com slash white label american go there and you'll see our patreon link and you can join us for as low as three dollars we have bonus content we have bonus materials there's so much juice over there that we don't release to the public and yeah you can contribute in making this podcast better you can send questions you can send your ideas and also there's a lot of new things that are coming the announcements are made on patreon first because we have to you know take care of people who Help make this podcast possible so you can be the one to make this podcast what you want it to be come join us on patreon and make it what you like to see join us make it fantastic keep the five stars coming in keep the love coming in thank you for the privilege of your company welcome back thank you for staying with us so we stopped at air force so let's dive into, let's continue with retail. Let's yeah, mm. because um, you are a retail leader, and we already started talking about leadership. Yeah. So how how did you get into retail? Yeah, man. Um, it's almost like that. Uh, you've, ever, you've heard people say Taco
1: Bell. Like no one goes to Taco Bell. You end up mm-hmm. at Taco Bell. Yeah, it's the same thing with leaders with with retail. You don't you don't like really. Go after retail. You end up in retail, and that's really what happened. After my quick stint in the in the, in accounting, the I left New York and I lived and moved to Charlotte, and and I came across this uh, specialty uh, coffee specialty company called Caribou Coffee, okay, and yeah. yeah, and connected with them. I ended up playing golf with my my future boss's boss he was in town and we played golf and the whole 18 a whole 18 um holes where it was really a job interview wow. and after the job interview they they offered me a job i mean after the after the at the after the, the golf they offered me a job and uh i loved it i just enjoyed it because it fit retail not just that job but in retail in general it fits my personality mm. where i get bored quick and you know, my mentality is very, I can understand things re- very quickly and move forward. But the tendency sometimes with me, and this is what retail helped me with, was show, was slowing down to make sure that I'm bringing everybody along for the ride. Just because uh, I get it okay. doesn't yeah. mean necessarily mean that everybody, well, everybody else does. Yeah. And So in the, in the retail industry, you have to slow the ball down, as I call it, slow the ball down so you can bring everybody along for the ride. So that way you can all ride together even as a leader if you're already there yeah your job is to go back and connect mm. all right and so yeah but the the fast pace dealing with customers dealing with so many different aspects of, of, of leadership and in, in my career uh, one of the things that we're gonna be talking we'll be we'll be talking about with uh, where the retail you is this in a new model that we we have called um, called um, uh, make a move and really we're helping retail leaders kind of decode their career where they currently are to help them understand whether or not they need to move up, Mm -hmm. up in the organization, move on to another organization or move out to start their own thing. And so just taking all the experiences that I've had and putting it into something that's a little bit more niche in the retail industry that's really not out there.
0: Wow. So two things that I got out there and I believe it's all tied to the Air Force. <laughs> One, golf. <laughs> yes. So it's true.
1: It's very true. We, my my CO, every Friday, every Friday. I was telling, I was telling, I shared this the other day, uh, or a while ago. It's like every Friday, <clears throat> whether, if you weren't working on a plane, you were in the NCO club at around two o'clock, uh, every Friday every if you and if you weren't on TDY with your with your plane and you didn't have anything to do whatever it was you guys ready like that's my CEO you guys ready okay i mean and wow so we were either so in we, we, we were club. hating
0: for the right reason yes we'll be hating the air force yes and we'll be like they'll play golf man we, we hit these people yes so we were right to hate you all. he told all me right. he told us It was a good
1: hate yeah he told us my and my 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 roommate uh who was from Jersey over, from Newark and, um, you know, we never we never played golf. We had never played. You know, you're you city kids. You, don't, you yeah. don't play golf. So he he taught us how to play golf wow. and, and drink while we were playing golf. And, and
0: <laughs> I, I just I fell in love with the sport. So I, I, I still love it to this day. And the second thing, it's also tied with military. Um, you know, I never realized how much customer service you, you do in the military. mm mm-hmm. And it's until I was... Doing customer service outside of the military, and I realized that. Wait a minute, yeah, I I got to learn how to say no, without saying no to people, while I was in the military. Yeah, yeah, and that's a skill that you build in the military by you know doing customer service. Yeah, yeah. Part of
1: part of my role was was teaching. My crew and other crews how to don and doff their 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 CBO equipment, chemical biological uh, equipment. Yeah. And so I would I was teaching I was eighteen nineteen years old. I'm Mm -hmm. teaching these classes to, um, of course, officers who are probably you know twice my age in a lot of in a lot of instances. But I am teaching them really survival techniques. And the, the interesting part was that a lot of the trainings happened uh uh stateside. And then when we went over to Desert Show Desert Storm, yeah. right, at that time I was um uh a, you know, by that time I was a sergeant just moved move moved move through it really quickly and they were uh <laughs> they were like, uh oh, Sergeant Worthy, Sergeant Worthy, uh could you teach us how to yeah, I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> I, I, I wish I wish I was able to say nah, but I was like yeah, in my head I was like, "Nah, son, you should have like played yeah, attention that. a <laughs> class on stateside," <laughs> you know. But no, so I ended up having to, you know. Of course, we ended up doing like you know classes again, and but so so that customer service piece, mm-hmm. teaching, coaching, training, yeah. all those all those things were where things that are just in, are 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 embedded inside of me, and and I still do to this day.
0: Yeah, mine was um one one of the trainings that I had to do was teaching people how to ride, uh, drive the forklift. Mm, and mm. you know, everybody just came to the class like, okay, I start the, for- the forklift and just start moving. I'm like, hey, no, you got to check if it, the forklift is, you forklift it. What you it? Got yeah, to inspection. It. Start there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, inspect. Yeah. Uh, that, that was the first uh, the grumblings begin. Uh, and yeah, okay, you failed. Bye. Come yeah, back. Come back yeah. next week. Oh, you're just trying to do this to me. Yeah, yeah, no, I will. No. I will because you fail to inspect the forklift. You gotta inspect it. Yeah. What if the oil is leaking? It's not safe to be on the road. You're right. just gonna That gave you a class. You weren't you were on your phone, you weren't listening, and then you just wanna go start the engine and start driving. What if there's someone be, you don't look behind you, but you just go move the e- Exactly. So, because you're in the warehouse where there's parts there's boxes for delivery you don't even check your surroundings you just boom, move and then break some expensive equipment so yeah that's what there was that and um um when i was in bahrain uh by then they had merged uh yeah they had merged the uh, what were they called the postal clerks yes mm-hmm. with uh um, storekeeper. So we had officially become LSS, logistics specialist. Mm-hmm. So well, we had, we had to train all the other departments to be able to handle mail, ca- mail carrying, yeah, mm-hmm. mail collection and mail carrying. So you think something as simple as that? People get it. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. they bundle mail. Yeah, handling of mail. Yes, you had to give training on that. So. Yeah, doing that, but um, the fun part, the main place we had to say no was uh, one of my main jobs was being the credit card holder. So I had to, I was the guy in charge of purchasing for a bunch of departments, mm. and a couple of them always blew their money quickly, and sometimes they wanted to buy from the vendors they weren't supposed to buy from. So there were places that you were not supposed to buy from, like in China, Mm -hmm. and you know, it's DOD, it's all that. You have the list. You have they have all that at their desk. They don't go through that, they just bring the stuff to me and I I just take one look at the paper. I'm like, Did you really do your homework? I'm not supposed to be doing your homework for you. Did you do your homework? I'm not supposed to spend all that time. Did you? They're like, Yes, I did. I'm like, Well, I can save you time and tell you no, because even if I sign on this, I'm still mm-hmm. have, I still have to take it to the civilian who is the budget officer of the command. <laughs> and she's still going right. to go, go through everything and do a thorough job. And then she's going to be like, no. So, you have two options. Either you go do the right thing or get ready for the phone call. I will tell you no, and it won't be from me. Right. So, what's it going to be? Oh, my chief's going to call you. Okay. And your chief's gonna call me, and mm-hmm. I'll be like, I can explain. And well, I'm giving you an order. Take the paper now. All right, I Take yeah. the paper. And then you get a phone call from the budget officer of the command. Mm-hmm. You don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I, that I was trying to save yeah, you. I'm trying to
1: tell you that, that, <laughs> that was that was one of the one, first <sighs> one of my biggest business lessons to you in the air force was that. Um, You know, you would get, you know, we had to work on parachutes. We had to work on rafts. We had to work on helmets. Mm -hmm. We had to work on oxygen masks for, you know, for our pilots. Yeah. And, you know, we had to order, you know, washers, screws, all those different things. And I realized, like, man, this is, I I need to be a contractor for the, for the, for the United States Air Force or Army Mm -hmm. because these little washers we like five bucks a piece. Yes. The little screws. Yes. Were like three bucks a piece. Yes. Right. And so you know, you know, come on now, it was probably ten cents. Mm-hmm. You know, to make both of them. Yeah. But they have a an a, a Air Force, you know, contract. That's true. And now here you are, and what are you gonna do? Not buy them? You 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 yeah. need them. Mm-hmm. So that was like one of my first lessons. Like no, well, I think my second lessons. Right. One of my first lessons was. Never do, never do business with your, your family. Oh, No, <laughs> no. Um, you know my, yeah, my my sister had a. Uh, uh, I wanted to do a paper route. I digress for for a second. I wanted to do a paper route, and uh, I wasn't old enough. So she said, I'll, "I'll I'll sign up. I'll sign you up for it." I was like, "Okay, sweet." So, but she ain't doing the no work because. <laughs> but I was like twelve, whatever. I was stoked to like even get the paper route. Uh, so I'm doing all the work, yeah. and. Come time for the paycheck, she'd taken fifty percent. Yep. So anyway, I Uh, I was yeah, that's that's that was my first business lesson. Don't do don't do it with your
0: family. So (laughs) how did you go from you know, you 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 it sounded like you were doing a great job at retail Mm -hmm. leadership. Then you decided when did you decide that podcasting has to be, you know, you you have to embrace storytelling through podcasting how how, how did you embrace that
1: so um, a buddy of mine I was living in Atlanta at the time and I was taking it wasn't a really a break but guy at my church he owned a um, project management company Mm -hmm. and uh, big big company and he wanted I was teaching classes I was teaching um, startup businesses at our our church myself and another guy Jerry Jerry Barron who actually we both worked for? We ended up working for um, Frank, names Frank Payne, and uh, we both ended up working for him. And we, but we were we were always uh, Jerry and I were always speaking about business uh, to people. Um, I was at a couple of businesses on the side. He had a couple of businesses, and so we ended up starting a show called Four Husbands by Husbands because um, at the time I was married, and we were trying to help husbands. Understand how to balance to be an entrepreneur and also be you know uh, in your family. Yeah, and so uh, so we started that And it was 2007 and we started on blog talk radio and our CEO at the time Frank He said hey have you guys heard about podcasting. And we're like, what is that? And he introduced introduced us to to the whole concept RSS feeds downloading our audio you know editing the audio all of all of that stuff and so so we were we were podcasting since you know I've been podcasting since 2007. Wow. I think we did it to like 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little radio uh, up in up in college and um, did a little radio in Atlanta um, as well. So fell in love with the medium, and the the, the rest is kind of history from there. But you know now the the whole podcast piece for me, and a lot of people don't look at it in this context, but I do that there's so much the measure of intimacy mm. that you have with podcasting is unreal. Yeah. Because the tendency with podcasting is that you are listening you don't listen to podcasts in a group. Right? yeah You know, there's not like a massive like four or five people like, yo, come on over to my crib and listen to the podcast. You don't you know yeah, you listen you listen to it <laughs> you listen to it like kind of almost in isolation, whether you're walking, mm. you know, the dog you're working out or you're doing something. And so now it's you and Corey, and I'm and, and I'm just talking, and Corey is consuming whatever it is that I'm saying. So there, there's a measure of intimacy that's that's created there. Yes. And so now, when you take that and you're able to, you know, kind of craft and have a really good, you know, good content, I know we will talk about that here in a second. There's that's so powerful. It's extremely powerful, and so I think a lot of times people don't take they they just want to start a podcast, and I get it, but there's something to be said about the the level of intimacy that you can connect or that you can create with someone else as well
0: I love that because that's true I never thought of it from that point of view of the level of intimacy but yeah because 99% of the time I'm listening to a podcast it's it's just me once in a blue moon you know, I share my podcast with my missus if we're on the drive. Yeah, right. And um, that means the, the kid is asleep, you know. So yeah, we don't have to play music. But if she's awake, then we can not listen to a podcast together. Mm-hmm. So that's because that's the only way my missus will listen to a podcast if I'm if I'm listening to a podcast with her at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Other than that, she, she's more of a visual person. She wants she has to see what she's listening to
1: mm. yeah. well now well now everybody's doing video podcasts mm-hmm. and live stream podcasts and all that stuff yeah now, but so. she's the type who
0: I don't know it's, it's, I'm the person who has to just put on the podcast and if I'm there and I, yeah because she has to like no don't say that but, but how they this opinion I'm like uh listen to the whole thing before you start judging <laughs> um, yeah, you know, but I think she just enjoys the, the count the back and forth with me and yeah and if I'm not there she's like I'll, I'll just have Netflix playing I'm not paying attention to it in the background <laughs> yeah so um yeah you, you also mentioned um the podcast um you know the content being a powerful medium and that also brings me to you know in this age of a lot of disinformation and misinformation being out there and you know uh, it's to me it feels like it's a lot more the the easier route is to just throw stuff out there mm. you know whatever if it bounces it bounces against the wall you know people, a lot of people do that if that works for you fine but how how do you focus on making content that has substance you know why why is that important to you mm. it's it's because uh because of the audience
1: that I'm connecting with so my second stint um into podcasting I had a podcast and I called it the Worthy Podcast because I'm super original, um, and um, I was like, "Well, Michael, I got a, I got a, I got a pretty decent last name, so I just <laughs> you know and and the 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 concept was super broad. Mm. It was me talking about coaching, trying to help African Americans, da 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 da. It was just like all over the place, and now the crazy part <clears throat> was that the the the, the content yeah. and what I was talking about was actually really solid, but the audience and where I was directing it to was misguided because I didn't really know who I was and what I wanted to say and, and, and what the audience I wanted to get, go after. And so I think the the biggest piece is that when you start to think about content, the one of the first things that you have, it's an evolution sometimes, is understanding the audience that you want to have. And then you start to craft your content around there. And so I ended up getting a podcast coach and he and I started talking and he said, Hey, you know, I listened to your podcast, the Worthy podcast. I think you got some good stuff here. Let's talk about your retail career. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to do that. Like I'm going to do, I'm going to do I'm going to do retail podcasts after this one blow up. You know, they had that mindset and he was like, no, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come back next week and I want you to, come up with 13 episodes for for retail. Hmm. And uh, Raphael came back, um, came back the next week, came back with 40. Wow. Came back with 40 different episodes. And probably about five of them could be series. And so if you really had to kind of extrapolate it out, it's probably like 50 like different and all sort of mutually exclusive except for those series. Hmm. And he was like, so what are you going to do with this? <laughs> and It was like the seas parted, the sky opened up, and I knew that this is exactly the route that I needed to go. I mean, this was my career. I've been doing this for I don't know how long. I love the concept. I love I love leadership, but now I had to narrow my focus, and so now once I was able to do that, you know, the content, I won't say it wrote itself, but it was really just an outcropping of all my experiences and realizing that, uh, you know, people need to hear this and n- niche down into this this area of leadership that a lot of people don't want to talk about. They talk about retail in the context of sales and yeah. stores and things like that, but not in the context of uh, leadership and how do you how do you you know as a young leader how do you deal with um, leading people who are twice your age, right? Mm. Very similar to like you know ex- experiences that I had in the service, right? Mm-hmm. How do you as mm-hmm. me as a young um, uh, Sergeant, how am I educating guys on their CBO? You know, Dawn and Dolphin and CBO that yeah. are to, you know twice my age, and so a lot of those things kind of came you know came into play and kind of revisited themselves. But you know, the idea about about retail leaders is that because I honestly feel and a hundred percent is that the decisions that they make it impacts all people all around the world, right? Just think about Amazon. Think about. The ideas that that are, you know, Amazon that you know the decisions that are made, not so much just in the warehouse, but with products to put out to, to put out there. Think about your your neighborhood store yeah. that you have here, right? We I don't know how many stores we passed, you know, in in the Uber coming this way, right? You think about their decisions that they actually have to make every day, the products and the assortment that they want to have. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a it's a it's a lot that goes into it, and people just think that to just open the doors. And that's it. There's there's, yeah. there's so much more to it than that. That's
0: true. Yeah. So much more. So, you not only podcast, you also live stream. Yeah. How did you get to that? Because that's another level yeah. of podcasting. Yeah. So how did you embrace that? How did you, yeah. you know, cross that bridge? I love live stream. I love, love live streaming.
1: I love it because it, it gives you immediate feedback, yeah. right? When you screw up, you screw up live and you fix it. Hmm. So I, I, started, I started just researching a whole bunch of people doing live stream and I was like, man, you're not doing too much. I got all these scenes and all this stuff moving all over the place. Like just get on there and talk about your stuff. And I didn't realize that they actually had to be a pre- and Cher was one of them. Right, I, 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 peeped her show out probably about two years ago. She used a lot. She still does on on LinkedIn. And I was watching. So she just doing too much. She got this like countdown. This this um ESPN um 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 uh uh in the interruption. You guys you ever see that show? And oh. They have to, they have to, like the little the little uh-huh. screen on the side. So Cheryl had had that. I'm like she she just doing too much, and now. I do a full blown um, <laughs> production every single sh- every single show. The reason I I I started doing it with retail leadership with Steve Worthy, and it was like it was a supplement to to my audio podcast. Yeah, and I I can actually have guests on there, go face to face, and we can have audience engagement, and they can connect with me and see a face, but they can also ask the the guest a question, mm. and. The guest can answer in real time put the, you know, uh, you know you know you know Corey has a question put Corey's name up there yeah and next thing you know now you're creating a completely different level of engagement than you would ju- with just the audio podcast because one of the things that we hear all the time with audio podcasts is engagement yes. like oh my gosh no one's who's listening and I would who, you know please if you want to do if you want to you know hear more of this do a rating and review right all those different all those different things I've done it and you know myself but the live stream aspect of it creates community, it creates connection. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we talk about, and we'll probably talk about here in a second with Podcasters Live, um, another um, you know company we started is that we understand that starting a podcast is easy, right? That's not the problem. It's discoverability, getting people, more people, more ears and eyes in front and to listen to your podcast. And yeah. so live streaming is one of the fastest ways to do it because you... Here's the other thing. It's it's international. I have people on my podcast and when Cher does her podcast, people over in London, Asia, right? And, and and they're and they're listening and they're staying there and they're engaged in the process. So now you are immediately growing your brand internationally. Yeah. Right? In real time.
0: Yeah.
1: In real time. And so when you start to think about it in that context, there's no other medium that that can grow your exposure and awareness as fast as live streaming right mm-hmm. the other thing with live streaming too I don't know I know I'm going on obviously you can tell I love I love talking about it, <laughs> is uh is that people are afraid to do it because oh my gosh what if I make a mistake yeah. Yo, listen to me i mean i don't know how many mistakes um internet cut off mm-hmm. um mic cut off uh you know all types of things lights liquor in you, you name it people will forgive that um because here's why they wish they were actually doing it themselves a lot of times they're like dude that's true though this yeah, person yeah. is actually out there doing it and so they I've, will I've give never, you some I've grace i've never held a
0: mistake on a live stream yeah, the, yeah i've never held it against the, the content creation. no
1: they will give you some grace because yeah. you're like you like dude, this is hard like this is hard actually you know doing this but the the more mistakes you make the more human you are but over time you you start to uh, it just starts to rub off, you know, water, you know, water off a duck's back and you just keep rolling. You make a mistake, you mess up a word or whatever, you just, yo, know, my bad. All right, let's keep it moving. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, you just you got a whole show mm-hmm. and people are people enjoy that. They they enjoy that that level of I guess uh I used the word so so overused authenticity yeah. of like just you being yourself.
0: Mm-hmm it is true now now I'm th- i think of it I've, I've watched a couple a few lives i've participated on other people's um live streams and yeah yeah i have made mistakes and you know the audience member corrects me and i noticed that I'm like, Oh, thank you thank you I, I, thank you i did yeah and it's not like they're just you made them you doubt dare you make that yeah, was. Yeah. Like, you can tell when it's a correction from a place of love and i'm like oh i appreciate that
1: and yeah, you no, know, you've been in the audience yeah. too several times for mm-hmm. for uh, for uh, for podcasters live too yeah. for us. So, yeah. you know, I appreciate that Corey has, not I don't know mm-hmm. if Corey Corey act like he's too busy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do. It. I, I don't care being you know, uh. in the audience. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I, got, I got like a whole community to run. Whatever.
0: <laughs> uh. Oh man, I can talk to you all day, man, yeah. but I have, I have to start wrapping up, man. Yeah, this is, no worries. This has been beautiful, man. So before I let you go. There's um, some fun questions I haven't asked you. So let's see, let's see. So, um, you were born in New York. You ended up moving to the South. Um, You know, the Air Force took you around the world. Mm -hmm. When it comes to food, Hmm. what do you consider your go to number one cuisine? You got to betray somebody. I know you got to betray one part of the world or one city. Um, that's a oh man that's a great question um
1: oh i I can eat anything and well except for like shellfish so i can't do that i can't i can't do the shellfish thing um probably probably italian um I, i like i like anything italian but i i love southern food
0: man Oh, you gotta Fry- pick one, man. It can't be can't. okay. Southern you're, try- food. you're trying to be both New York, and- southern, s-
1: southern food, fried chicken, <laughs> greens, <laughs> like like stuff that's super unhealthy for you right now. So probably, you, you, you know,
0: you 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 live in New York behind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen to me, man. There's told many be- you know, so, somebody in New York, someone's right taking a pen and paper. Right? How dare you not choose they are. New but
1: York? Here's, here's why, because because as a kid, as a kid. In the summer, they my parents always sent us back down south. They sent us down south to yeah. like where, mm-hmm. like they grew up. Yeah, and so you know, you you they would you know it was always like, hey, you wanna you want an apple, you want apple pie for dinner? Like, yeah, okay, we we'll go go climb that tree and go get the apples <laughs> off the tree. I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you supposed to go to the store, <laughs> or you know, or uh. I would go down there for like you know, um, in the in the fall. Just to visit and they were they were have a pig and the next thing you know you come back and the pig was massive and guess what now they're slaughtering a pig yeah and now you eat so like those memories of my 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 grandma's fried chicken my grandma's like black like uh, like all those things man are just like inundated in my in my memory bank and so I, i i you know no 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 shade on new york but like like fried chicken was something that I was just brought up with.
0: I know. I know It's no shade, but, you know, I got to make the question controversial anyway. (laughs) So, um, next question. It might be a little bit, uh, let me see how I can make this one tougher than the last one. So you're a man who plays around with music a lot. Mm. And on this podcast, every guest is considered a dancer. Oh. You know, once you come on the podcast, you automatically qualify as a dancer. If you say you don't dance, we stop recording and kick you out. Okay. Yeah, so you have to accept that you dance. You know, you have to say it on record that you're a dancer. Yes, I am a dancer. All right, good. Now we accept. So, now, we know that you use music a lot for your creativity. Yes. And music is a part of your life. So, we need you to give us at least three artists that will keep you dancing for an hour now there's a caveat you can't go with the most popular names mm. so i know beyonce is about to drop an album and you know we love beyonce on this podcast we love the the beehive we need them to give us um, some some donations mm. to buy our merchandise so yeah we love the beehive so um uh, uh, yeah you can you can't name beyonce you can name jay-z You can name um the biggest names we need some names to dis- to be discovered also so give us three artists that will keep you dancing for at least an hour.
1: Why are you cutting your eyes? And shares cutting her eyes at me. Um, she wants me to say Drake so bad because you know, yeah, she's, yeah, she's from Canada. So, oh. yeah, she's from TL, so, uh, okay. she well, wants, well, she T.O. So, okay. Well, Drake's
0: also amongst the popular yeah, names. Yeah,
1: right. and plus, I would but, never say hey, As, as never a certified say. loving
0: <laughs> husband, I love Drake because, you know. I, he always got some dance moves for me, too, so... Mm, yeah, plus yeah. I would never say Drake anyway, so... Just oh. thought i thought. No, don't there. be hating on my boy. Don't be hating <laughs> on my boy. There you go. Um, so,
1: I'm, uh... I am... I'm old-school hip-hop, man. All right. Like, I'm old-school hip-hop, so... I mean, I can't say Michael Jackson, of course, because he's oh, not man, hip-hop. Come on,
0: that's like the most popular of all time. Of course
1: it is. So, if I had to, um like three artists, oh man, there's just, I don't even know if you danced to him or not, but like Kairos one.
0: Curry, will you accept Kairos one for dancing? I mean, you know, (laughs) like
1: like that, that's it. Um, Ooh, oh gosh. Can I say a genre, like house music? Right? Yeah, okay. Okay. Like okay, like house music. It. Yeah, we go. yeah, but oh.
0: to give us an artist. Oh jeez, ten.
1: Um, um, oh my gosh, I want to say Tenth Avenue. I think that's the name of
0: them. Yeah, I you think can they're... give us a South African. I think that's it's Tenth Avenue. Avenue. I
1: think it's Tenth Avenue. Tenth um, Avenue. Tenth Avenue. I think they're in the UK. Like, I think they're in the UK. Yeah, but Tenth um, yeah. Avenue. They used to do house music. Devotion. Um, and if um, it's called Devotion, and um, and that's the way love is. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, those, I know that song. yeah, 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 yeah. So so those are old school guys. Oh, and one more. Oh man. Oh, jeez, dude. Oh.
0: I don't know you can why. Can give us someone from Charlotte? You can give us someone from I, Riyadh. I, I, I you can I, give us someone from I don't nobody in
1: Charlotte. Only other person, oh because I lived I lived in Atlanta for 12 years and we moving back. Um um What's 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 the, what's the group called? What's the group called? Come on, somebody help me
0: out. Migos.
1: No, in Atlanta, the two dudes, Andre Five Thousand, uh, Outcast. That's,
0: that's pop. Okay, no, that's cheating. That's cheating. How was that no, cheating? No, no, that's a penalty. That was that's a penalty. <laughs> we're deleting this episode. Delete the whole episode. Delete. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: because cause when I when I moved to when I moved to Atlanta, they were um, they were like, just starting, and then. They're they're just, amongst
0: one of the greatest. Oh, I don't know. They're one of the greatest. Yeah, In my, they, my opinion, monks one of the greatest. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, i guess so yeah. I guess so.
1: Um, all right, man. Salt and pepper.
0: I don't know. Salt and pepper. This guy went real old school. Yeah, that's salt and where, where they at? Are you, around?
1: All you gotta say, David. <laughs> all you gotta do is look at my playlist. Um. <laughs> that's all that's i wish i and i i i, I get so pissed see, off about copyright
0: paper for my for my kid i wish i could so play I play that.
1: it on my podcast or my live stream like you know hip-hop music all like, right
0: we'll, we'll take salt and pepper there you go about outcast i mean they they i love outcast too and yeah all right so final question what would you like to leave the audience with you know could be a freestyle moment you know it's, a, it's your freestyle moment but it could be a line from um, well it could be a line from salt and pepper it could be a line from Drake it could be a line from uh, um, from outcast if you want to do outcast that's fine you know or, um, oh. if you want to do KRS one yeah. Uh, I, I got a rap. I got uh,
1: right. Yeah, uh, uh, okay, if you want to rap, that's okay. Up to here's you. A, okay. Here, all right. If, then, if, if you if no nah, no, nah, nah, well, here's if, I, I got I got this one. This is the you, best. You
0: don't have to rap. but no, if you want I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rap to. it. I'm
1: gonna like state it because oh, I can't okay. rap. But this is this,
0: this, uh, uh, this for me. I don't think we've had anybody rap. No, here I can't before, rap. But, uh, this
1: for me is, I think one of the best like bars ever in hip hop. In hip hop, all right, by Rock Kim.
0: Oh, that's I take seven
1: MCs, put them in a line.
0: That's yeah, (laughs) that's legendary, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: There you go. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I'm gonna go with. But yeah, take seven MCs, put them in a line, and it'll take seven more before I go. No, I take seven MCs, put them in a line. I'll take, I I missed the bar, but it'll take seven more before I go for mine. That is 21 MCs, eight up at the same time. I missed the line in there. But, like, for me, that's one of the best, that's one of the best lyrics ever. Damn right. Because he did math. He did math, too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's why I knew it was better than me. Because I was like, yeah, this this guy, that's why I knew it was legendary. As soon as I heard his rap, I was like, yep, he's legendary. Oh, man. yeah. Yeah, I I, 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 I guess I should
1: have... I don't get them really dance to Rakim. You just you you. Yeah, that's you. the
0: thing with them yeah. people like of those categories. You don't really dance to them, but it was you 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 felt it. So yeah, yeah. You, you
1: didn't it, play so. the wall. You didn't play the wall when it came on, and mm-hmm. and I mean I mean I could have said reggae too. Like uh,
0: hey, you you had your... I gave I'm you no, a chance. I'm my bad. My bad. My uh, bad. My bad. You, by, my you chose. You chose.
1: hey, I hey. Well, you didn't say genre. You said uh. I I have witnesses. Right. right. I have witnesses. Reggae House hip hop. There we go.
0: All right. (laughs) (laughs) So um as my people say, umbana for coming on the show. Absolutely. You know? And um so please plug yourself in, let people know where to find you and your awesome shows again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, LinkedIn is probably going to be one of the best places to find me at Steve Worthy. You can you can find and connect with me there on LinkedIn. But the two shows that we have is of course Retail Leadership with Steve Worthy, and of course Podcasters Live. Um, with Podcasters Live, we actually have a book coming out this Ooh, fall. Awesome! It's called um, How to Beat in Podcaster Syndrome: All right. uh, Proven Steps to Help You Under Help You um, Address in Podcaster Syndrome. And 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 uh, record your way to podcasting success. So we're excited awesome. about that. That's going to be coming out this fall. Oh, um, as well too. To that. Yeah, no, that's going to be pretty good, man. Oh. We've, it's uh, been something that we've been working on for a while, and uh, we want to make sure we got it right. So I'm excited about that.
0: All right, I'll love to definitely have that book. So please check out Steve Waddy. Awesome content from him, and it's not just you know it's not a basic podcast. Trust me, this guy's amongst the best podcasters out there and you'll never regret that you did. So don't forget to come back next week for a new episode. Thank you for your support. Hit up www.whitelabelamerican.com for all the places you can find us and keep the love coming in. Be kind, be awesome. See you next week. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at whitelabelamerican. Thank you for your support.